0: Praise the Lord. Today we don't have a teaching sheet. We're going to be looking at several scriptures. They will be up on the screen behind me, but you also have your Bible. So would you turn, please, to the book of Genesis? We'll begin there. Genesis 28. It is great to have April here and the kids, and we're very proud of what the Lord is doing in her and in that husband of hers who we're very proud of and that that was just a precious scene there I, I enjoyed watching I enjoyed watching that hope it blessed all of you thank you madam you know we had talked about over the years the importance of first First things in the Scripture. Uh, Kenneth Hagin called it the law of first issuance, and um, the principle of when God speaks about something for the first time is very important, and um, it's 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 important if you really want to understand the concept that he is that he's revealing throughout all the Scripture, um, and. But, it, but it's very important to see how God first displayed something because it gives you a clue as to um, the, the essence of what the principle itself means. You know, we've studied a lot about Selah, and I'm so grateful for the Lord showing the meaning of that many, many years ago and we have tried to apply it in our prayer we've tried to apply it in all the ways that we walk before the Lord that principle of promise Selah and fulfillment and we've talked about how that the Selah really was an integral factor in the the worship in the tabernacle and particularly though in david's walk before god as he would sing before the lord as he would wait before the lord and pray and intercede we talked about how it was a resolution musically in um, in resolving um, crescendos or or dissonant tones and, and that resolution that's apparent in in uh, symphonies and in other t- dimensions of music that that was there, and, you know, as I've, as I've studied um, on, in a number of, of uh, new uh, linguistic uh, commentaries that we've been able to acquire over the past few years, I've noticed that, you know, one of them that I read that I highly respect, I mean highly respect, it's just a gem uh, you always find a gem of understanding biblical terms in, in this work. They clearly say there's an element of this that is uh, happened in the tabernacle, but we really, it's been lost with time. We don't understand what it means. And I thought, wow. Um, I, and, and really, I remember when I was a kid, my Welsh pastor would say with his Welch brogue, you know, when you see this sila, it means, what do you think about that? In the French, in the French Bible, it just says pause. But this this deeper meaning is something that not only us have, but I'm very grateful that the Lord allowed us to, to perceive this and to grasp why 74 times in Psalms and Habakkuk, that uh, that word Selah is used and there are many other derivatives that we've studied it can mean to build up a highway which we've talked about over this past week It can it can speak about um, building up in warfare a siege to overtake a city it can speak about elevating something and but but that measure of resolving um, an, a an opposition to the promise or resolving an enemy onslaught against what you're doing for the Lord and, and to recognize that it's a part of intercession, it's a musical thing, it's a prophetic offering, that is, that is just exceptional. And um, I, I'm so grateful for that. But as I was praying with you this past week in Selah and studying as I've asked you to do, Uh, through all the different instances of of selah's usage and looking in the derivatives um, it it dawned on me that the very first issuance of the root from which selah comes is found here in genesis 28 and it's the first issuance of god displaying this principle to to us and the, the root of Selah is uh, a word that means to exalt. It, it's used, it, it, w- it was the root of Selah, not, not what we're going to talk about today, but the root of Selah, uh, the, the term that we know that, uh, from the 70 and, and then the 4 in Habakkuk, is, was first used when Pharaoh in Exodus uh, was exalting himself and would not exalt the Lord. That root then can also be applied to lifting up the voice, lifting up the hands, lifting up the head. And and from that root then comes the concept of, of Selah that we know. And so all of those things that we do before the Lord, lifting up the voice, um, lifting up the hands when, when we're in the tabernacle and we're calling on the Lord, Those are all tools in our uh, process of obeying God to welcome what he wants to do. But the essence of it all was first found in this word in Genesis 28, and it's translated as ladder. It's the only time ladder is used in Scripture, and it's the only time this derivative is used in Scripture. And this is a first issuance that then would extrapolate into the root of Selah and because um, and the, the root of Selah is built into this, but it's the first usage and it's for the latter between heaven and earth. And in that, God shows us that whatever we do here, however the promise goes that we're believing for, however the opposition that needs to be resolved goes, uh, however we are are believing God for something that he has declared and we're laying ourselves in intercession the ultimate measure of it all is that it is fulfilling what God is doing in our hearts here what he is doing in heaven and how we are partnering with the angelic we have to keep that in our heart as the cardinal fuel the cardinal engine of anything we do in Selah. It's what Jesus told his disciples to pray. You go before the Father, you, you say all the things, the platitudes that you should do before your Father, but it's for your kingdom to come, your will to be done. No matter what you're praying, no matter how you're calling upon the Father, it is always that his will be done And that his kingdom be established. So let's read here Genesis 28, verses 12 through 18. Jacob was um, really in a unique place. He was fleeing from his brother Esau. We know the story. And he comes to a place that was originally called Luz, that would then be called Bethel. And um, Jacob lighted upon a certain place, tarried there all night because the sun was set. He took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. Now, I, I want to stop here because I, I was studying this yesterday and um, there, there are some people in the Messianic community who believe that one of Abraham's altars was at this place and that the very stones that jacob took were part of that original altar now the the bible doesn't say that it's a nice story it may or may not be true but i just think that's that's interesting it's out it's out there we don't have any biblical merit for that it's just hey maybe that's it but you know i just think that's kind of interesting He dreamed, and behold, a ladder, there it is, set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of Elohim ascending and descending on it, and behold, Yahweh stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, my father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee and in all thy seed, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold I am with you, and will keep you in all places wherever you go, and will bring you again into this land, for I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob out of Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And uh, I'll just go on to verse 19. And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Now, that's interesting. Um, it, it Why would he think of taking the stone that he laid on and making it vertical and establishing a pillar and pouring oil on the top of it? well it was obviously to personify this ladder that he had seen and, and it personified the fact that it was a connection between heaven and earth and that the oil on the top was something that he recognized indicated that he needed to be pressed out and yielded to whatever god wanted at the uh, at the throne at and in heaven now We do know that this word for pillar, it's also the word that was used to describe graven images. And God said, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do anything unto any fallen Elohims. And um, so it's kind of interesting that God allowed this as an indication um, of what, um, you know, of, of what, had just been depicted to Jacob in this ladder. Now, probably the reason that God said you're not going to do this is twofold. First of all, the demons all want to be like God, and there are many today, many demonic presences that are openly declaring demonic doctrines to people, and they're their stories which are many many to behold all speak about how that they were done wrong that uh, the God that is worshipped and depicted through Christ is a meanie and uh, he's he's not to be trusted and this is the conveyance of the doctrine of demons it is something that principalities are um, recruiting individuals with you just need to know that it's not some wacky thing off in buddha land this is something that is active right now and and so part of their their principle operation is to emulate or to try to emulate what god did we talked about this when we talked about the the council of seven and satan with him saying i will be like the most high and how he How he brought together others that fell with him uh, that would try to to, uh, not only pattern themselves after God, but to be like him. So for God to initially establish this kind of of, um, agreement with Jacob in a purity, uh, which then he would say to the people, I don't want you doing that because the enemy's going to try to use it is really is really something that uh, is is indicated here but sometimes people get confused and they say that the Bible contradicts itself because here's Jacob lifting this pillar and anointing the top of it and um, then he tells everybody else you can't do that but it's you gotta you gotta recognize what was at stake and um, but for us the principle is there now to me I think that this pillar extends itself into what God says to us in regarding uh, us being pillars in the temple of our God of course we remember that principle that is conveyed in the Greek uh, about the stilos how that, that, uh, that is a hollow, not a weight-bearing pillar, and it, it, it connects one place with another, it's like a conduit, that's the term. And we talked about how uh, a, a pen that has a stylus in it or uh, the old record player uh, that played vinyls had the stylus needle that would capture something and then convey it into sound. Uh, that's the principle, and uh, we know in the book of Revelation, chapter t- uh, chapter 3, we were told that if you're overcoming and you are, you are uh, serving the Lord, you will be made a pillar in the temple. And that stelos connecting heaven to earth. The, he- the heavenly temple and earth is there. We recognize in Revelation 10 uh, when the mighty Iskris angel comes down and he's conveying the rainbow of the ways of God and his feet are as pillars his feet are as uh, as fire but they're connecting heaven and earth and it would it would speak about really the connection of where his feet touches the ground and how his legs extend up into heaven that's a very powerful thing but it's that stelos as well and when the apostle paul was talking in the book of galatians um he uh, in galatians chapter 2 verse 9 he said when I when I first met Peter James and John, we weren't in a sailboat, but when I first met them, they were um, they were considered to be pillars in the church, and because they had that relationship with God, they confirmed that what God was doing in me and through me was accurate. But he describes them in that role of representing. What God has said at the throne and confirming it on earth, and that subsequently was His provenance personally, and I think that's that's very interesting. Now, one passage we want to read uh, is First Timothy chapter three, and this is Paul saying some very important things, and I think it's imperative for us to understand it in our day. First uh, Timothy chapter three. It's going to be up there on the screen. I'm pretty sure, but I just wanted to, I keep an eye on Scott. You know, I don't know what he's putting on that screen behind me, so I just have to verify that it's in it's in the word. Of course, Rick's up there too, so you never know, what could be going on in that booth. First uh, Timothy three verse fourteen, these things write I unto you, hoping to come unto you shortly. But I tarry long that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. There's the pillar and the ground of truth, the pillar and the ground of truth. How you behave yourself in the the house of God. Uh, You know, I know that the house of God is really silly with the idea of the ground of truth. You know, we like to establish foundation. This is the way we've always done it. And we firmly are on the rock. We're, we're, we're camping in Canaan land. But here, you've got to also be a pillar. You've, and Paul usually, he knows exactly the words he's using. I mean, this, the, the, the divine author is not confused about what this word is. And I would say that our objective as the people of God today is to make sure that the church is founded in truth, but also is operating in the pillar of truth. And you have to have both of those, because if you have one without the other, you're going to be destroyed. If you, if you don't have ongoing revelation from the Lord, if you don't have ongoing contact between heaven and earth, if you don't have ongoing recognition as an intercessor of what God's doing there in that temple, how are you going to know what the Spirit is saying to the churches? But if you just focus on that and you don't have any use for the Word of God, you don't have any use for what God has established, if you don't have any way to test those things that you're gaining, you're going to be like a, like a stick in the wind. And so you've got to have the, the, uh, the pillar and ground of the truth. And this is what Paul was saying to Timothy. And this is how you should behave in the house of God. Uh, this, is, this is what the church of the living God is doing. He's not the church of the dead God. He's not the church of the memorialed God. He's not the church of the commemorated God. It's the church of the living God. And if you're serving the living God, you've got to let him live. And you've got to live with him. So you've got to be in function with, uh, as a pillar in the temple. And again, this is stelos. This is the same word the divine author used. With, and he goes right into verse 16. Without controversy, great is the mystery, mysterion of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. And then there's no chapter break in this letter. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. He goes right into that. On the one hand, the church needs to be alive in God, functioning on the, the, the foundational principles of the everlasting Word, but the church needs to be in contact as pillars with what's going on in heaven. Just as Jacob depicted in this first issuance of anything that depicts the uh, the, the Sila in the Scripture, and if we're not doing this, it's 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 a wonder that the doctrines of devils and seducing spirits um, are, in the latter times are gaining such credence. It's it's amazing to me. So we go back to this issue of. Jacob there with God we've taught on this a lot I don't need to recreate it but you've got Elohim Beth El Elohim the place where God was communing with Jacob where God was initiating that heartfelt relationship with this one who was called to be a patriarch God was endearing himself there in a dream which speaks of purpose he shows this ladder this connective which is the word that we are focusing on and the angels of Elohim are going up and down and God himself as Yahweh the plan of God is looking down from heaven very clearly depicted it is absolutely clear no challenge with the words i mean it's just absolutely true and and so Jacob builds this pillar And anoints it to depict that in fact later on when Jacob was kind of fleeing from Laban God tells and you remember this God tells Jacob go back to Bethel where you established that pillar it's it's really interesting and there's a, a wrestling match that goes on you know and you know so you've got you've got this concept of the ladder which really is to me, indicative of that connected between heaven and earth and us needing to be pillars before the Lord. But the but the rationale for it all is that in this first issuance of anything to do with the Sela it has to do with God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, to me, that offers us a lot of great help in in knowing what to do in the Sila. because first of all um, <laughs> this is a divine principle this is how God brings heaven to earth this is how God brings the kingdom which is what Jesus told his disciples to pray this this is how that is and and uh, so it's not just to do with the things that are going on on earth, even though that's those are imperative. You know, preparing the way of the Lord, raising up the highway, you know, bringing resolve to promise, promise, seal of f- fulfillment, um, all of those things, tactically in how we minister to the Lord. But at, at the heart of it all is that the first issuance of it was that God says, "This is what I'm doing in heaven." this is what i want to do with my beloved on earth and that's what you're really negotiating in obedience before me the second factor of it is is that it as we've said so often i've i know that there's a lot of ways that god moves in faith i i've seen it over my life many of you have too that god moves in many different ways I've seen God work tremendous healings, tremendous miracles just with the elemental things that we knew as kids. And so I know that God is so good to us that even what we know now is just an a, a smidgen of what we will know. So um it's 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 not that we've discovered all the principles and the truths and we're just pneumaticos. Uh, icons I mean that's that's not it we're always growing we're always learning more but I've said and I know this to be true that I've never experienced such confidence in faith as when I am believing God on behalf of something that has to do with our mission something that I know God has given to us from His throne as, as your pastor or us as a saint's network, um, when, when that is brought into question, it's like my faithometer kicks into the max, and, and, and I know a confidence in faith that is unparalleled in any other dimension I've known even if it has to do with my physical life, even if it's had to do with my family, even if it's had to do with any other thing that would come, nothing, no measure of faith compares to when you're locked in to what you know the throne has given you as a responsibility to do in representing God. And so I think that finding and discovering this ladder where God carefully in a dream depicts what um, what goes on between heaven and earth. And he uses for the first time this concept of selah. And the only time this concept is used in the scripture, um, I think it's it's important for us to recognize that when we are calling on the Lord for our mission, when we're calling on the Lord for promises that He's made to each of you, when we're calling on the Lord for things that we're believing for, and we're we're laying that before Him, we have to remember that at the heart of it all, that principle of the Sila, it's heaven to earth. What we represent as pillars before our God. Did you realize that God has called you to be those operatives, those pillars between the temple in heaven in here. That's, that's an amazing thing. And you have that weightiness through the Lord and through that calling and that relationship. So when you're believing for a need in your body, and I know that so many of you, we just had a wonderful testimony, we're so grateful for about what God is doing some of you are facing things that you've not really told anybody. The ways that the enemy comes to you and tries to bring fear. Ways that the enemy comes to you and tries to say, you know, I'm going to take you out. And you, you still keep moving on. Satan's a liar. What has God said to you? What has God promised? Do you think that he brought you this far so that you'll keel over and be gone and he can't use you? Do you think he trained you for all these years, for this season, and say, "Uh uh-oh, you know, the enemy's threatened him. Boom, they're gone. I didn't see that coming. You need to take a stand and believe God. He is not finished with you. He is not finished with what he created you to do on this earth. You are, you know, I would say you're much more blessed than Jacob ever was. Jacob didn't have Jesus Christ. Jacob didn't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jacob didn't have the ability to speak in many different languages of heaven and in earth. Jacob didn't have the written word of God. Jacob didn't have any of these things. How much more blessed are you and I in this time frame? So as we're calling upon God in this special prophetically oriented time of Selah, and we're praying every day. Uh, you know, I, I told you on Wednesday, and I think I told you some other point, that the one thing that keeps coming to me is preparing the highway of the Lord. That also is a sila. Preparing the highway of the Lord for Him to do what His plan is and for the righteous nations, the righteous nations, these saints, to enter in. That's what, uh, uh, you talk about breakthrough. That's what's ahead for us. You know, you know, we've been believing for that highway. We've seen it operate. And we've seen certain junctures of it open. And we've been the recipients of blessing to be able to go and to, to impart and to, to bring people in and to see people trained and uh, made as disciples. But the main expanses of that are, still, are, are ready to be opened. And that's what I'm believing for. Uh, every day. It's just resonant within me. But, you know, I think that um, this thing that God has really touched my heart with, this ladder business, um, I think that (laughs) that's also a highway of the Lord. And we're going to be privileged to welcome The coming of the kingdom the coming of his presence in ways unlike we have ever known ways perhaps that we have only been privileged to see a glimpse of as intercessors when the Lord allows us to be in those heavenly places we've seen it there we're going to see it in real time here and that highway of the Lord extends uh, from that place in heaven and uh, i'm believing today and i'm believing tomorrow and i will keep on believing that 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 first issuance is going to be uh more prominently known among us than we've ever seen now you you've all been here we've shared this together over the years you know that we we have been trained by the Spirit of the Lord, and we keep being trained. He God has sent His angels here in so many different ways to minister alongside and to serve those that are called to be heirs. And we're we're very grateful for that. It's an ongoing demonstration of the kingdom of God. But I have yet to see some of the things that I know these angels have said God has sent them to do you know entertaining angels unawares I've seen that to a degree but some of the things that I've seen in vision and in dreams uh, that God is going to send the angelic to do undeniably um, I'm believing for those angels of Elohim and the angels of the Lord and the other types of angels that will have a demonstrative impact in meetings and amongst people. And uh, we, you know, to me, I think that that's probably one of the ways. The enemy always tries to come in one way. He always tries to come in and steal steal the, uh, the emphasis that he can sense the Father is about to reveal. We know that. We know that. And I... I see these demonic beings. I hear the testimonies from people who talk about what these demons say and what they, how they depict themselves as God and how, um, how convincing they are if you allow yourself to be swallowed in by that. And the Bible says this in other places. Angels of light, ministers of Satan coming, deceiving the very elect. We read that and then forget about it and think, that it's not going to happen but I think that one of the reason the enemy thinks that he can do that now is he sense that the timing of God this transition he's aware of it I mean we're saying it we're experiencing it but it, throughout the spirit realm you can sense it it's ripples moving across the realm it's shaking the the powers of the heavens are being shaken right now he knows what that means And so he's doing these things, but I'm telling you, the seven ways that he's going to flee is when the holy angels are moving in power in ways that God has reserved for these times of the end. We've seen snippets of it in how Gabriel came to Mary, how Gabriel came to Zacharias, how Gabriel came to Daniel, how Michael was mightily involved in in the the ministries of, of Joshua and Zerubbabel, and and we've seen those kinds of things. We're going to see things in the days ahead, where that ladder is uh, is going to be connecting heaven to earth. Uh, we're going to see things in in incredible ways, and I'm believe that's one of the things that I'm also believing. Um, yes, the highway of the Lord. But this ladder of the Lord, ah, this is is what God says. How many places do we need to find it in the Word before we actually say, hey, maybe God's serious about this? Maybe this isn't just some picture that we have in our Bible, in our little white Bibles that we carried around as kids. And when the pastor got boring, which happens here many times, I could look at those pictures and say, woo, look at that. That's kind of neat. Well, this is real this is real and so you know Timothy Paul's writing to him hey you know what you've experienced all these things and there are doctrines of devils and in the last days these wicked ones are going to be coming and seducing and they're going to be saying all kinds of things the remainder of chapter 4 is really interesting I didn't read it but you can but you need to be sure that you are example in the pillar and the ground of the truth. That, that should be our theme for this new year. The pillar and the ground of the truth. That we would know that God is establishing the principles of His Word. The ground of the things that have been hidden previously but now God is revealing. They are grounded. They are established. And here it is know this, learn this, apply this in the nations that God is sending us to. But the pillar of the truth, ah, now that's something entirely different. And it is alive. And we know what it means. It is the way that the Ischris angels are going to be ministering the fire of judgment and burning in days not very far from here. It is the way that God is going to be connecting heaven and earth for his kingdom and his will to be done. It's the way that we are going to be called, just as Peter and James and John were, to be representative pillars that verify what the kingdom is doing. Now, if that was so wrong, then you got to rip those pages right out of your scriptures. If Paul said it, and, you know, I'm not really that, you know, I'm a little queasy about him saying that Peter and James or John were that, well, then you rip it out and you take it up with the Lord. That's what God said. That's how the, the greatest writer under the anointing of the Spirit in the New Testament was confirmed. It wasn't because Peter and James and John had walked around with Jesus and they knew a few things. It wasn't that, you know what, these guys had clout and once they gave their stamp of approval on me, woo! No, Paul says these guys are stelos, they know what's going on in heaven. They know what God has said. It's not based on their past experience. It's based upon what is operative now. And they confirm this. That's the ministry that God is calling us to faithfully serve in. And this is part of this sila that I'm praying for this week. When you say, well, Pastor, you know, there have been a lot of prophetic words that have gone out this week, and they're right on. About the, what needs do you have? How are you believing God for the promise? How's the enemy coming against you? Those are all true. Though, and, and I'm believing. Don't you have any needs in your life, Pastor? Well, of course I do. I'm human just like you. But I'm believing. I've mentioned them before the Lord, but as soon as I get them out of my mouth, whoosh, it the Spirit just takes me to the highway of the Lord. And now to this ladder in heaven i love that and and you know the 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 wacky thing about it is that only god it's not wacky the really unique and ethereal thing about it all is that the only time that derivative well it's not really a derivative it's the essence um it's the essence of the selah and from that then comes that other word that we talked about to lift up and then from that comes the selah derivative that is Psalms and Habakkuk. But the only time this first issuance of this concept at all is used, it's it's about this ladder. And once, one and done. That's it. And it's like God was saying to Jacob, you know what? I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. Well, it would have been nice if Jacob would have actually remembered this. Um, but, you know, you're going to touch the whole earth north south east west and and i'm not going to leave you until this is done think about what god said there and think about how that is the principle of the Sila. what i said to you is great and i'm not going to leave this you stick with this you you trust me because it ain't over till it's over and it ain't over till i say it's over and it ain't going to be over it's going to be fulfilled, and, and that's the way it's going to be. That's the first issuance of what we're believing in this principle of Selah. And it all has to do with our eternal home, our eternal place in the Lord. I See, I think so, so many times we as humans think everything right here is a be-all, end-all. You know, uh, uh, traffic stops because I've got this situation going on and i'm not faulting anybody i know what that feels like uh, you know we all face that but every now and then maybe every day we need to be reminded that this earth is not our home we are temporary citizens here we are we are really citizens of heaven we represent the kingdom we're ambassadors for christ's sake you know we are we are um, we are people that Are going to be with God through Jesus Christ forever, and we uh, we we need to recognize that these principles and truths that we are applying are eternal principles. Do you know that? You're you're working this now, but you're going to be working it forever in divine ways. So you might as well get that mindset in your head. And, and know that as we continue to work over this next year, <sighs> only God knows what we're going to be able to testify about um, a year from now. Um, I, 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 think, I think that this window that God is opening after this long COVID drawdown, and I know what the economists and many of them are saying about recession and all these other things God, God is in control. I mean, we're making plans to, to go, and we're we're not being deterred, just like we weren't deterred when uh, Y2K came and all the churches were buying deep freezers so that they could feed their people, at least for a couple of months after that, you know, they'd start eating each other, uh, which churches do regularly. Uh, and I don't know how they were going to power those freezers for very long, um, but you know, we, we, we did what we did. And God showed himself strong over and over again. The enemy would come and say, well, you know, you better stop this crazy saint stuff. You know, you better put shoes on everybody's feet and no more dancing, you know, no more laying on your face, you know, no more chanting in the spirit. Uh, and get back in line or we're going to yank the rug out from under you. We just kept going, didn't we? Because we knew it was scripture and we knew that we could not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. And guess what? What has God done since then? So I'm not worried about what's coming. I'm concerned that we do everything the Father's giving us to do. And so I end this with two points. Number one, um, let's take seriously the, the preeminent principle of the Sila. That what God has given us to do as saints in these end times is uniquely assigned to what he's doing in the world in these last days. And we have a job to do. It's very important for the kingdom. And um, so let's believe for those promises of what God has said he's going to do, many of them are going to be initiated in the natural in the months, in the year to come. So everything begins with a voice. We need to seal that in. And we need to believe for the highway of the Lord to be lifted up and exalted so that the, the, the way that these nations that are, have been made hungry can access, we can reach them, and that they can begin to function. Now, the second point is this. We seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the things you need will be added to you. I know that there are a seal of things that you're believing for in your own life. Keep on believing. And remember that the ultimate power of that is not found in how well we can pray or how well we can dance or how well we can do all those things. Those are wonderful tools before the Lord. But ultimately, it's your relationship with God. And ultimately, it's based upon God taking care of those That have committed themselves to his ways and that's you so lay into that understanding you're not alone you are you are not you are not isolated from god you are crucial to his plan he's chosen that from the foundation of the world he's chosen you so trust that trust the mission of welcoming the kingdom Trust the promise of God to be with you and to guide you and to provide for you. And all these other things will be added. You know what I would do? I would seek hard after the kingdom. In my prayer with this, Selah, and when I'm done, when I feel that the Spirit is releasing me for that time from that time of intercession, and you know what that feels like. It's not that the Spirit abandons you, but you know it's done. It's, It's that old... It's that, it's that old-timey concept of knowing when you've prayed through. But this is real pray-through. Um, and at that point, I just give thanks to the Lord. And I thank you, Father, that what, what I'm believing for physically, you're, you're taken care of. I thank you. What I'm believing for financially, you're taken care of, whatever it might be for you. And and legitimately give thanks to the Lord. Because that's what He promised. That's how He said He'd do it. If we put the cart before the horse, and all we do is just ask for ourselves, and maybe get around to talking about the mission that God's given, and the highway of the Lord, and these other facets that are readily there, then we're doing just what the general church does bless me, and then I'll bless you. You know, I'll tithe once God gives me this. No, no, no. You tithe, and then you believe God's going to do this. You, you give your best, and, and, and you trust the Lord. Amen? I'm getting off of, I'm, I'm meddling now. Um, so the latter, I just think that's so cool. I mean, it just grips me. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, again, we've, we've mentioned this in the past. We've we've included this in our study about Selah. Um and I think that God God is so unique, uh, where He His Word is alive and He He breathes fresh insights even the things that you think you understand, and He'll always do that. It'll always be that way, and I think that's just wonderful. And sometimes people say, "Well, I don't know how you didn't see that. You know, you wrote about this. I don't know how you see it." And I would remind, you know what. God gave us what we needed to do, and God told us to do this, and if you're faithful in the small things, then he makes you ruler over many. seems I read that somewhere before. And God's waiting for you to show that you can demonstrate a faithfulness and a functionality to what he shows you, and then he says, okay, you know what? You've been faithful there. Let me show you something of power that's here that I've reserved to this time in my truth to show you because you've shown yourself faithful you've established i've learned to trust you in that principle now let me show you this that is one of the most essential things we should ever know about god i mean so many people want the power and all it does is corrupt them and god gives his power to those who are humble god gives he he, he elevates the meek I, i've read that somewhere before too And, you know, he gives grace to the humble. And so we just need to be faithful and keep doing what we're doing. So for him. So I release a blessing to you. We're halfway through this prophetic week of Selah every day. But I ask that God would open up the the gate of heaven, which Jacob called it, that, that God would begin to visit you in ways that are beyond other ways that he's visited you according to his timetable, as precious as those were, that God would let you be aware of his kingdom in ways that have escaped you to this point, that God would allow you to have a vision for what's coming in ways that you've never seen it before. And that as you seek Him in this seal of time, it would be that pillar, uh, that, that pillar um, relationship. And, you know, I, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to the Lord. Levi's grateful for it too. Um, I, I speak blessing over you. But I also with that ask that God would provide what you need that God would assuage any measure of enemy declaration over your life. It just purge it, purge it from you. And that those, those ridiculous symptoms, those points of pain, those points where fear would come, those points where you have physical, financial, or whatever kinds of needs, and you wonder, is there any solution? Where is this coming from? That God would just release the anointing of peace, to you, and that you would have a confidence in him that's beyond what the natural mind would have. Father, I'm just rambling up here, obviously, I don't need to tell you that, you knew it, you were probably saying, okay, move it along a bit, Ron, move it along. I pray, Father, that you will help us to prophetically serve you in these coming days to fulfill this middle of the fast of feasting 10th month uh, seal of time help us father we thank you for it Uh, let us let us commune with you and let us welcome those things that you've ordained to do in our time and and I I thank you again father for this privilege let us be pillars and grounds of your truth And we thank you for this, Father. And I speak healing. I speak financial stipends to be released to you. I speak encouragement. I speak promotion and favor. I speak for doors that need to be opened, that they would be opened and that you would have the wisdom not to go in places you shouldn't. And I ask, Father, that you would just release your blessing to your people. But the most important blessing out of all of them is let us be who you created us to be as saints and let us serve you in that in this week and in the days to come and we thank you for it father for we ask it in jesus name amen 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 well how'd scott do look at that he's got that ladder's verse up there that's great god bless you all uh thank you and uh I have no idea when the kids are going to be done. Might as well just settle in, April. When your kids come, it's a highfalutin affair in there. All right. God bless you all. Goodbye.